السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام على بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأفضل الصلاة وتم تسليم على سيدنا ومولانا محمدا وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أجمعين سبحانك لا علمنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم We were still looking at many of these meanings of fatuwa, spiritual chivalry and there are a multitude of meanings that we've discussed and there are still more to come because this is such an important concept, such an overarching concept that relates to how it is that we should be as believers. This is something that you and I need to embark upon to make a reality in our lives. But it requires that we roll up our sleeves and that we strive for his sake subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask him to grant us with something of this reality. And when it becomes a part of us and it sinks down deep within us, its fruits will manifest on our limbs, its fruits will manifest on our tongues, its fruits will manifest in the various things that we do and the actions that we do. And so all of these meanings pertain to what was considered to be beneficial knowledge, that knowledge that is so important that we acquire while we're here on earth, such that we prepare for the meeting with our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala and the loneliness in the grave. And the next trait is that as these great people who came before us realized is for us to have surur, that we take joy that we take joy in the privilege of serving our master subhanahu wa ta'ala our khidma, our service of Allah and all of the different forms it takes the worship that we have directly of him subhanahu wa ta'ala and then other things that are still considered to be worship even if outwardly we're serving people or helping people all of these different forms, if the intention is sincere, ultimately it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here, it's not just an encouragement to serve or to worship or to do acts of righteousness. Of course, when it comes to chivalry, it's going to be a step above what we already know. We all know that's something that we should do. We should love to be people of worship. But here, it's surur. It's taking joy in that, finding deep-seated delight and happiness in that khidmah of our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, our master, tabarak wa ta'ala, and we are all his servants, tabarak wa ta'ala. And so this is how it is we should be as believers. When we stand up to worship, we should do so with joy. When we are in the service of his creation, we should do so with joy. And this is one of the many, but one of the most important traits of the heart that leads to multiply reward. Someone who does what they have to do because they have to do it. That's a station. At least that they're doing something that they need to do. But someone who does so out of joy and out of happiness and out of love and out of gratitude and with exaltation and all of these other great traits of the heart these traits that are primarily inwardly. This is why there's such a difference. 
between two people's forms of worship. Everybody prays the same amount of rakahs outwardly for the obligatory prayers. But our prayers are very different, qualitatively speaking. And that primarily gets back to our state of heart. Yes, of course, our iman and our degree of certitude. But also, these great traits that stem from that heart that has this certitude, and this is one of the important ones. We have surur. And if you look at what it says here, the language is very precise, and it's very difficult to convey that in a literal translation. Bima lahu. That someone that's ahal for someone, for something, is someone that has the qualifications to do so. But here it's translated slightly different. Here, bima lahu, what he's been enabled to do, i.e., it's a privilege. It's a privilege. What a privilege. A blessing, an honor that Allah Ta'ala has given us that we can remember Him, that we can worship Him, that we can serve. So look at the difference between the archetype of a person that is so common in multiple, in previous times as well, but especially in our time. That narcissistic personality that feels this deep sense of entitlement and everything centered around them and they feel deserving for all these different things that they have in between the servant of Allah Ta'ala who doesn't feel entitled at all for anything. That this person feels that they're in absolute need of their Lord in every blessing that has come to them. That they are aware that it is from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and that they are deserving of nothing. Absolutely nothing. What a great state to be in. So here to be enabled to have the privilege to worship and to serve, this is a great blessing. And from here, this is one of the great traits of those who are going to successfully serve this deen in any time. They don't see the deen as being in need of them. They don't see the da'wah and the call to Allah and His Messenger being in need of them. They see themselves as being in need to serve. So they don't see when they, and that takes, uh, that manifests when you do something for someone, is that there's not what's called men, where you remind them what it is that you've done. Reminding someone of your charity that you've done for them, whether it's actually giving them wealth or doing something nice for them, actually nullifies its reward. So we have to be very careful. We can nullify an abundant amount of reward with one word. Because we, don't you remember what I did for you? You treat me like that. When I did that for you, don't you recall? Right? You were this and that, and now look where you are. You wouldn't be there without me. And you, person who's saying that, and where were you? As if you got where you were because of something that you've done. We're not to be for other people that helped you. And ultimately everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But... This touches upon something that's very important and right at the heart of spiritual chivalry. We see ourselves being in need of Allah Ta'ala in every single moment. We are the ones that need worship. Allah doesn't need our worship. We are the ones that need to serve His deen. Allah Ta'ala doesn't need us. And if we don't feel like that and actually do it outwardly, Allah will get rid of us and bring someone else. And the people that Allah Ta'ala brings, they'll be even better than we were. This deen does not need us. Rather, it is an honor for us to serve it. And at the same time, the good that you hear that is coming to the ummah of the Prophet 
it is perfectly fine. And we're encouraged to want to have an abortion, to be a miftah, to be a key that opens up the doors of goodness, to be a means for the spread of guidance, to be a means for the establishment of the banners of guidance. This is one of the great blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's of course, this is something that you want to take part in so that you can be honored in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then there's also a mention here of farah in Qurat al-Ain. And that it's a bit unclear what he, he means that this goes back to the khidmah or this is how one should be in relationship to the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their Lord. But perhaps it's clarified in this statement by the great early Imam Yahya bin Mu'adh where he said, مَنْ سَرَّ بِخِدْمِتِ لَا سَرَّتِ الْأَشَّى بِخِدْمَتِهِ Whoever finds joy in serving Allah. Other things in creation. Here he said Asha. He didn't say ashkhas, people. Meaning beyond people. Asha, things. And this includes animals and inanimate objects in addition to human beings. Sarratil Asha, other things will take joy in serving Him. Other things will take joy in serving Him. And this is the beautiful thing is that, subhanAllah, you don't want other things to serve you, but you serve Allah and other things will serve you. You turn away from the world, it will come running towards you. You run towards it, it runs away from you. These ajib things in creation that we know from the sunnah of our Prophet you only fear Allah, other things will fear you. That you have haybah of Allah, other people have haybah and other things will have haybah of you. This is the way that Allah Ta'ala has made His creation. And when you chase the means, they run away from you. But if you detach yourself and you rely upon Allah, who creates everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala, He subjugates things to you and makes things easy for you. And even if when you remain in the means, because you do remain in the means, you will find divine facilitation in it. And so, وَمَنْ قَرَّتْ عَيْنُهُ بِاللَّهِ قَرَّتْ عَيْنُ كُلُّ شَيْبٍ نَظَرْ and again, someone who takes this great joy in the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it becomes their qurrat al-ayn. And we all know that blessed hadith, where our Prophet said at the end of it, وَجُعِلَتْ قُرْتُ عَيْنِ فِالصَّلَةِ The coolness of my eyes, which is one way of translating that. But here the qurrat al-ayn. What was the qurrat al-ayn of the Prophet Salah, prayer. That's where his joy was in prayer. And... I remember when asking uh, my teacher about this, is that he explained it in a very beautiful way. And they, one of the words for cool in Arabic is qar. So you have har and qar. So one of the du'as of the Prophet said for Sayyidina Ali is, Allah makfini al-har wa al-qar. Oh Allah, suffice him from being hot or cold. And so in the middle of the winter, Sayyidina Ali would sweat. And in the middle of the summer, he would be dressed warmly and would be cold. He wouldn't feel what other people would normally feel, even outwardly speaking. And of course, there's very profound spiritual meaning to that du'a and supplication of our Prophet as well, sallallahu But then the Arab used to speak about different types of tears. And when there's tears of grief and sadness, they were warm tears. But when there are tears of joy and happiness, they refer to them as cold tears. And so then you have from this idea of cold tears, that qar, from qar, the qurrat al-ayn, okay? And so this idea of the coolness of our eyes, i.e. 
these tears that you shed out of joy when you're pleased with something. So this is why the great people who truly know what to ask for, if they were to ask for one thing, those who really know, and they know the station of Sayyidina Rasulullah, and they know all of the other gifts that come to you from Allah Ta'ala by virtue of the Prophet what they would ask for then is to be the Qurrata Ayn of Rasulullah i.e. is that they please the Prophet in all of their different states, in everything that it is that they've been given, at all of the stages of their life, everything that they say, everything that they do, everything that is related to them, and that is the greatest matlab, the greatest thing of all that you can ask for. If in all of your states, all of the stages of your life, everything that you do, everything that you say, you are pleasing the Rasul وسلم, you know that when the Prophet is pleased, Allah only allows him to be pleased with what is pleasing to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, you are preparing yourself if you are granted that great thing that you're asking for to receive the highest degree of contentment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that translates in the greatest bliss of all which is gazing upon his noble countenance subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next world. And so this is the way these people are. They want all of their states to be pleasing to Rasulullah sallallahu And there's so many people that have heard the Quran and the Sunnah and presented them and presented had it presented to them in ways that um, so oftentimes the people who are presenting it are talking the language of the Quran and the Sunnah, which is truth. But the lisan al-hal, their state, their mute eloquence is not one that is really calling to the Quran and the Sunnah. And then people get confused. And then also people have this idea of the Sunnah. They don't really know what it means. They feel distant from it. They don't know how to really bring it into their life. They don't understand the multiple dimensions outwardly and inwardly. And sometimes people restrict it to only a few aspects of the sunnah outwardly. And this is a great disservice to the ummah of our Prophet The people of Allah understand what it means to follow the sunnah. And every time and every, in all of their different states. And that's a knowledge that you and I need. And belief is part of that. Learning ahkam of fiqh is part of that. Learning the fiqh of the qulub. The, the various ways that we should be in the heart is part of it. Learning how to be before our Lord is part of it. Inwardly and outwardly, how to be with other people inwardly and outwardly is also part of it. The sunnah of our Prophet is comprehensive. There is no state or no circumstance that you could be in except there is guidance from the Prophet Some people know it, some people don't know it. But when you sit before the true inheritors, there's not a question that you will ask them that is of benefit to you in reality that relates to you implementing the sunnah except that you'll get the very best of answers. They will clarify to you how it is to live the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ in that particular circumstance, whether it's hardship or whether it is ease or whatever it might be, whether it relates to something that happened with someone else or relates to something you're going through individually. But this is what we want. We want to raise our spiritual aspiration. And to have that our Qurrat al-Ain be like that of the Prophet that it be in prayer. Because this is our connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then in general, that when we ask for something, that we want to be the Qurrat al-Ain of the Rasul Imagine the Rahmah that the Ummah 
is going to receive by virtue of the Prophet Imagine how merciful he is, but then imagine if you're beloved to the Prophet Imagine then if you're his Qurrat al-Ain, la ilaha illallah. And don't think that this is distant. This is attainable. This is attainable. This is one of the things that our teachers said recently, quoting the great Imam Abdullah bin Hussein bin Dahir, the great Imam who passed away fairly recently, and that uh, on the, the, his day of passing was recently, that centuries ago, and buried in the blessed city of Masira, not too far from Tarim, is that he said that don't ever think that you shouldn't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for great things. Because if Allah ta'ala put that in your heart to ask for, it's a sign that he wants to give it to you. But ask for it, feeling in your heart that you're entirely undeserving of what it is that you're asking for. Ask for great things. Have high aspiration. Want to be the Qurratain of the Prophet. And then take steps in the right direction. And you'll be surprised. Sometimes it's just very small steps. And the doors start to open. And there's not just one or two or three or four stories about this. How many people do we, people in this room, know? And there's not many people in here because of the situation. May Allah Ta'ala ward this tribulation off of us and from the Ummah of our Prophet ﷺ from all people. Ya Rahman But how many people that are even listening? Do people know stories of individuals that were good people? But then the door opened up for them to, to have a connection, a, an increased connection with the Prophet ﷺ. And then the blessings that came for that were abundant and were many. And the more that we start to live these meanings, la ilaha illallah, the more then that we will then start to seek the fruits of these meanings that translate into a life that is lived in that a way that is pleasing to Allah and pleasing to the Messenger of Allah. And then when this person transitions, if they're the quarter to the ayn of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la ilaha illallah, how is the Prophet going to meet them? How is he going to treat them? How is he going to welcome them? How is it going to be at his hawd, How is it going to be at the sirat? How is it going to be in Jannah? Because the Prophet visits his ummah in Jannah. May Allah Ta'ala bless us all to have a strong connection to Rasulullah. And may we all be the quarter at ayn of the Rasul, and follow in the footsteps of our teachers and to understand what it is that they're trying to teach us and to enable us to understand that and to put it into practice and to be a source of guidance for many other people in the lands in which we live. Ya Arhamar Rahmin. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq in all of our different affairs. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.